Hello, and welcome back to Mix Sessions, Emmy Award season. I'm Tom Kenny. I'm the editor of Mix, and we have a different kind of panel for you right now. Uh, we thought that in the midst of looking at these projects and these Emmy Award-worthy soundtracks, that we would bring together some folks that from multiple sides, uh, some supervising sound editors, re-recording mixers who are going to talk about the television environment. Uh, and so I'm privileged today to be joined by Danica Wick. Uh, who works out of Formosa Group and has worked with a lot of comedies. I understand that. We've got uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the Andy Samberg thing, back in the days, Better Things, Woke recently for uh, for you and the Woke crowd. We have Joe Schultz. Uh, Joe's on them right now. Very big hit there in April, Joe, with the premiere, correct? Uh, Thank yeah. you, absolutely. Uh, at Amazon Studios, uh, Prime Video release, uh, a lot of attention. We'll certainly be talking about that, but Joe's Joe works out of Waterman Sound. Is this correct, Joe? Out of uh, Toluca Lake. You have a facility correct. down there at Waterloo. Water, we're going to, we'll check that out. Uh, I'd like to hear about that. So, Odin Benitez. Uh, what does cars sound like in the rain when you're driving inside a car? And, and uh, we really carefully chose just about every sound effect in that. And I, I think that, you know, gave it this you know, enhanced feels. Yeah, this, this sense of design, but it's mm. as real as can be. And it's, I'm always interested in television with pacing. Uh, um, and it's sort of, uh, I want to start with you, Danica, about comedy, because comedians, um, they don't get to pause for a second. If, they, if a comedian on stage misses a half beat, uh, uh, it's over. A guitar player can do distortion. <laughs> so pacing in a show when you have 20, 22 minutes, 26 minutes, I mean, how do you deal with that in sound? It, it, you know, you have to, you have to be, you know, true to what's, what's happening on screen. And there's definitely some comedies that move, move, move. And, and then, you know, uh, like woke, for example, that was a, a very interesting uh, show to work on because uh, it was a comedy um, but it was meshing uh, real world with um, animation. So trying to merge that those two worlds was uh, a challenge in the sense that, you know, take the, the animation out of it, there's comedy in real life. And then adding in what the main character is seeing in his own head, his animated characters coming to life. Who talk, right? It was the, very, who talk. Yeah. Yes, the trash can talks, um, you know, uh, everything. Yeah, anything that he's kind of seeing um, kind of comes to life and is, is talking to him. So um, trying to keep that, you know, movement um, and pace going is important. Um, and, and that all was interesting in the sense that we had to elevate, you know, the comedic moments sonically with the animated characters, with what was happening in real life. So um you know an example was uh, a bible you know starts talking to him and so we really you know played up some you know mu church music and, and and that whole you know um to kind of help sell that funny moment you know that this bible is trying to you know give him wisdom um you know so you just you can play with things like that when the opportunity knocks so well, one of the things I'm interested in is because we've introduced a uh, limited series now, in addition to episodic, which, you know, for a certain point, a limited series feels like an episodic. At a certain point, a limited series feels like a nine-hour, ten-hour movie. Um, and the pacing on that is different. Oda, do you want to comment on that, on uh, the idea of a limited series versus a, sh versus a movie versus an ongoing episode? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, as far as like a feature 
I've been trying to figure this out, but like what makes, I think in, in features there, uh, things are more heightened because you've only got like an hour and a half to, to tell the story. So in some cases there's more urgency in a feature, but you can have more character development in a television show. So um, there, you know, it, it does get expanded, but I don't think it's just a different form, a different art form, you know? And, uh, and so, yeah. What do they call Do, do they call it a slow burn? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They now call yeah, it. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, eventually you have to deliver all your tracks to a final mix. I mean, uh, the interesting question is, is a final mix ever final? I put that on the notes. I mean, uh, do you, never. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But then, and then you have to deliver it. There are, uh, let's talk about the back end a little bit before we leave. Uh, it's changed. Uh, correct. Not, not, not just when Netflix came out with deliverables a few years ago, Dolby Atmos deliverables, language deliverables. I mean, what's, what's your back end like? You want us to, Joe, you've been doing this uh, with, you know, dramas and, and uh, thrillers and TV for a little bit, but how's your back end changed? Um, well, I did it. I haven't done any Atmos, so my back end is fairly straightforward. I have my, I have my, re- yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I have my recorder, pretty well um, laid out where I make everything that needs to be delivered for basically anybody who needs it. Um, You know, uh, certain places require a mono comp, some don't, some want uh, a stereo DME versus a a mono dialogue, mono effects and the stereo music. You know, my recorder is basically, I hit record, I'm making pretty much everything that I've ever been asked for and um and then uh you know and then it's a matter of just kind of making sure it's uh the package is nice and clean and it's uh labeled perfectly and everything is right and i i I like the fact that um i don't want to get i don't want to get too many kickbacks for for little things the speed bumps i like to I, I'm a little bit of a robot in in that regard, where I just I kind of do the same thing all the time, and I then I, I feel pretty confident that um, everything's going to be pretty smooth. I, I, in large part because of network television, you know, we had to deliver. So I it took a while, but um, you know, fine fine tuned uh, my my back end for myself just to make my life as as easy. Danica, I mean, from when they say, that's it, no more mixing. Um, what happens then? And has that changed for you? Yes and no. Um, you know, there's always things that, you know, I feel like uh, the supervisors or, or, or execs would, you know, they kind of sign off on it, right? Like, we're good. These are all my notes and, and we're good. And then there's, okay, see ya, bye. And then and then the re-recording mixers and, and us, you know, we, we kind of then do our round of tiny little notes that we would like to uh, do uh, that, you know, to kind of adjust some things uh, that just bother us, right? Um, that, uh, so, and then we, you know, then we, you know, we can go on and on if we really wanted, uh, but we kind of call it at a certain point. And then, um, yeah, we deliver. But I mean, depending on the show, um, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty standard, but then, you know, to, to a degree, it's, it's a little bit more intense (laughs) in that sense. Uh, there's some finicky things, you know, uh, I feel like sometimes, you know, if, if the tone drops, 
you know, during an out or something, it'll kick us kick back for dependent, you know, so, you know, just trying to catch all those little, little things that are, can kind of become annoying, um, can kind of dig at you, but uh, it's pretty, you know, pretty straightforward. Well, I would say over like the past 10 years, it seems QC notes have, have gotten out of control. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I, I mean, for most of my career, I've never had a QC note. I didn't understand what that was. And then suddenly you've got people like micro, you know, uh, they're looking, listening to every single stem track, you know, one track at a time, it seems like. And they, and so you, you get all these notes and you're like, you know, so nervous, like what, what did they find? Oh no. Um, one of the QC notes I had on the fighter was um, there's, we have this training sequence and there's this breeder song and then the breeder song and the music, you know, stops and it starts up again. They said, well, there's a dropout in music. And I'm like, no, that's the breeder song, you know, but, and, and we, we were worried that in the ultimate playlist of noise that we would get that same kind of a QC note because we go to absolute silence. I mean, there's nothing, there's no room tone. There's nothing for a, a period of the, of the film. And I thought for sure we were going to get a note. We didn't. Um, but getting back to like what you were saying about is a film um, ever finished? Um, we just finished this film called um, Dog with uh, it's a Channing Tatum film. And we were all print mastered, done, getting deliverables. And suddenly the director comes back and says, I want to add two dog barks here. <laughs> and so we had to go back in and reopen it. And then, and then I've even worked on like extended versions of the, the Patriot and uh, Bugsy or not, Bugsy. It wasn't extended Bugsy. We did a, we did a five, one treatment of it. And so and like, if you're George Lucas, it never ends, right? You just keep, <laughs> you keep going back into it. And I, I mean, it, I will say as a viewer, I've been really uh, pleased that there's sort of this effort from, you know, from the Dolby side, the manufacturing side, the display side to bring sort of cinema and home together, that experience. And I think that has really upped the demand for quality. Um, owned as somebody who dances back and forth between those two worlds, this sort of cinematic and home experience. Do you want to conclude with that? Can you, I mean, it's a good thing. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I've even, uh, I bought kind of a high end sound bar just to see, okay, because I think most of the people are going to be listening to like Atmos in this version, you know, because like, uh, you know, we mix for these big theatrical venues. And I'm always trying to stress to filmmakers to make sure that we the mixers who mix the film do the near field so that we can maintain the same quality. And um, because the near field is, you know, many times that's going to be how your films gonna live in perpetuity. So um, so yeah, so I, I bought a, you know, a sound bar and I, and, and I'm really happy with it. It's a, you know, it's amazing. It doesn't give you the exact, you know, accuracy that you would get in a theater, but you know, geez, for just putting, you know, one speaker in and one HDMI cable, it's amazing. Um, it, has, it has impact, you know, I mean, that's, that's the nice thing. If the viewers notice impact and that, that sort of cinema experience in their living room, it only helps all of us. Um, yeah. I can second that. That that technology is amazing, yeah. and it's only going to be become even more mind blowing. Yeah, because I mean, it's literally it can ha sound like it's coming up here, and you're like, where is this sound coming from? You know, <laughs> I will say though, it's more of like, you know, it's kind of more like this as opposed to with an Atmos in a theatrical. It's like this and this. It's you know, it's all over the place. But still, you know, for one speaker, it's like uh, I, I would say it. I've said that if you like technology and you like audio, it's a good time to be alive. I'd like to say thank you. I mean, we want to thank certainly Amazon Studios and uh, Prime Video. We'd like to thank Erica Wunsch and Formosa Group for bringing us the talent. Thank you. Thank you both for coming. Danica, 
Odin and Joe. Thank you. Uh, many thanks. Uh, and come back, audience. Thank you, too. We have more to come.